Hello, Pastor Life Podcast community. David and I have a special invitation for church leaders from our Pinnacle Leadership Associates team for our very first Pinnacle Summit in the mountains of North Carolina right after Easter in 2024. The theme for the Pinnacle Summit is Spirit Flow. The idea is to draw church leaders together for a time of rest, reflection, and community. Uh, we're hoping to put a lot of our pinnacle resources to work and invite you to come and experience them and for us all to learn together. Yeah, at Pinnacle, we recognize how challenging ministry can be. And that stretch, David, from Advent through Easter, you know that stretch and how exhausting it can be. So this is right after that stretch so we can come together as church leaders, unwind, rest, relax. Yeah, so Mark Tidsworth, who is our fearless leader, Pinnacle team leader, will be our keynote speaker uh, for the uh, summit. And Rhonda, I know you're leading a session on the Enneagram. Dan Holloway, one of our Pinnacle colleagues, will offer a session about staying in the flow during times of stress and conflict. Yeah, and I understand you're going to be leading a session about cultivating spiritual imagination in congregations. Beth Yarbrough, one of our Pinnacle colleagues, will lead us in times of worship. And we're going to maybe, you know, try to do our best to find a time to do our very first live recording of Pastor Life Podcast. What do you think about that, David? Yeah, that sounds great and terrifying. Um, so I, <laughs> I think we'll have to figure out our technology game and, uh, and, and we'll, we got several months to do that, but I think it'd be a lot of right. fun to have a live recording. And, you know, the great thing about this is that we're hosting it at Kanuka Retreat Center. And it's just a beautiful spot in the North Carolina mountains, uh, right beside a lake and beautiful wooded uh, campus there near Hendersonville, North Carolina. Here am I, send me, right? (laughs) Well, we'll hope you'll join us um, April 10th through 12th in 2024. You can register online at pinlead.com. That's P-I-N-N-L-E-A-D.com slash spirit flow. That's all one word. Now on with the pod. again and welcome back to Pastor Life Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm a pastor of Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. I'm also an associate with Pinnacle Leadership Associates. And I'm David Brown. I'm the pastor of the Welcome Table in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and I'm a Pinnacle associate as well. Uh, Rhonda, it's great to be back with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm learning a lot from you this season. Uh, We're calling it Holy Experiments Strategy for Joining God's Mission in the World and our presenter this season. We're we're building week-to-week content. Our presenter is David Brown. It's been a lot of fun to share some of this content. It's been uh, stuff I've been working on for a little while and part of the course that I teach up at Duke, and we've been thinking about holy experiments and what does strategy look like in the church. And um, really, we're kind of coming toward the end of this series. So we're going to talk some today about a methodology for creating holy experiments in your context. 
Yeah, so this is the first time on the podcast that we have done like a serial podcast um, yeah. where we're building week to week. Um, all of our other podcast episodes have been standalone. I'm really enjoying this. This may be my favorite season, David. Well, it's been a lot of fun, too, and I'm looking forward to a future season where we'll turn the tables and let you teach some things that you've been thinking a lot about uh, with the Enneagram. And so just a little teaser for a future season that's coming down the pipe. Um, the other thing that's been great about this season is doing this with video. Um, we always see each other's faces, but folks who are listening in are just doing that listening in. And now they have a chance to actually watch if they choose to do so. And... Uh, we also are, are working toward putting together a toolkit that will be a companion to this uh, series. And so hopefully by the time folks are listening to these episodes, there'll be the beginnings of a toolkit and then an ultimate uh, put together toolkit, PDF or maybe even hard copy that uh, can help people take what we're talking about and learning about together and put it into practice in their community. All right. Well, with that, let's get on with Season 6, Episode 6 of Holy Experiments, Strategy for Joining God's Mission in the World. Well, David, we have started this season with, I think, some sort of 30,000-foot view of, of strategic thinking. Um, we're looking with beginning with the end in mind, seeing more clearly. Um, then we looked at a couple of models. And so today, I understand um, a methodology. So models to methodology, right? Yeah. So I think these uh, central sessions in the series have been really about how do we put some of this into practice, some different models or methodologies mm -hmm. for strategic thinking, being more intentional about what we do and, and, and how we act within the church. And um, so, so this one, Holy Experiments and Methodology, I think is a, a way to think about how do we explore, how do we create some, some little experiments in our church context or community context mm -hmm. that will help us learn and grow and ultimately uh, be more effective in the ways that we join God on mission in the world. Yeah, and I like the word experiments. I know you've been using that for, for years and years with your pinnacle work. Um, if it's an experiment, right, it, it, it doesn't mean that you have to be successful. It opens right. up the door to try some things, and maybe some things will be successful, and maybe some things won't, right? Well, and I, th I think what you're saying there kind of points to the idea of creating a a culture of experimentation or giving ourselves permission mm -hmm. to experiment. Yeah. I think when we live in a world that is rapidly changing, there are all sorts of ways that we can respond to that change. And some of them are helpful ways to respond. Some of them are not helpful ways to respond. And I think this idea of experimenting gives us permission to say, we don't have all the answers. We don't know what the next version of the church is going to look like or exactly where God is leading us around the next bend. But we can try some things. We don't have to be paralyzed. We can try right. some things, listen for the spirit, look for God at work, come back and process and think about it together, and then go back out there in the world and 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 tinker and try and refine and uh, you, you know maybe stumble our way into uh, uh, an effective strategy for doing what God has called us to do in the world. Yeah, 
I wonder, what do you think about this? Is it easier for churches like yours, kind of a, a fairly new church plant, to be more experimental in nature versus a church like mine, 75 years old? Well, I don't know whether it's easier or not, but mm -hmm. I would say that a church like mine that is newer and that intentionally in a lot of our language and the way that we created the structures that we have in place, we sort of designed the way that we think about church to to do this, to be experimental, to be able to, mm -hmm. to pivot e easily. Yeah. You know, we don't have some of the trappings uh, or maybe you would say resources uh, that that a more established church might have that that are both blessings and can, you know, you know, also have the potential to weigh down or, um, you know, at least compete for uh, money, time, attention. So, yeah, I think mm -hmm. the key is, I think any church, no matter how established, uh, how sort of anchored in tradition, how connected to a denominational background or not, how how many paid staff you have, how large a building and how old a building you have. I think I think all of those things are what give us a particular context. But I think these principles of how do we experiment, can we create a culture of experimentation? It's really about creating a mindset within the people who are the church rather than it is you know, hey, only this kind of church can easily do this, or only that kind of church is is going to be able to easily do this. Yeah, and I think probably leadership has a lot to do with that. If, if the leader's willing to take some experimental risks, yes. uh, then maybe the people will be. Um, yep, yeah. that's right. Well, yeah. and going all the way back to some of the work that Mark Tedsworth did around the idea of shift, um, Mm -hmm. There was a developmental continuum that was a part of that shift book and material. And, the you know, we, we use this with churches okay. quite a bit. And um, that developmental continuum kind of proposes some different ways that we do as individuals or as groups, churches, institutions respond to change. And there's sort of a healthy end of that spectrum that is uh, kind of pushing forward. And, and what I would say sort of embodies that experimental culture. And Mark calls okay. these cluster three responses, but, uh, but here's what they are. They are letting go, purpose-seeking, holy experimentation, and proact proactive adaptation. So those okay. four kind of movements can be a positive, proactive response to the change that's around us. And I think, I think they sort of lead us into that experimental mindset. Yeah. 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 And so all this is kind of in the context of leading adaptive change, right? Yeah, that's right. And I, I think like you said, okay. a leader can operate out of some of those healthier responses to change. And I think in doing so, encourage a congregation to respond in some of those healthy ways um, toward toward the changes that are, yeah. are happening all around us. Yeah. And so out of that, is, is that is that where the the phrase that I know that that you've kind of uh, latched onto is that where that came from? Was that Mark's yeah. shift book? Yeah, it is. It is. It was. You okay. know, I yeah. first came across it in Mark's shift book, and you know, for 
his book that was just talking about one of the places along the developmental continuum that a church or an individual might find themselves. They might find themselves in this place of holy experimentation. And Mark spends a few paragraphs in the book kind of talking about what that looks like uh, from his point of view. And I really kind of latched onto that and thought, you know, what I would love to do is to dive deeper into that and, and kind of kind of open that up and help churches really explore that idea of holy experimentation. Okay. Well, where, where would you start with us here on the yeah. pod with that? Yeah. So, you know, I think that the first thing would be just talking about, well, uh, you know, what does holy experimentation look like? How do we define it? Um, is there a process that you go through to get there? And, and so I think this is where I kind of came up with the idea of, of a methodology uh, for holy experimentation. I don't know that there's one right way to do this, but I think there are certain qualities that we can work to develop. And there are certain pieces to the puzzle that I think we can work on. And, you know, maybe they come together in a different way or in a different order, or they produce a different picture in each community. But I think there are some common themes. And that's what I want to kind of think about as this methodology is sort of what are the common okay. themes um, or movements um, what, what conditions need to be in place to really facilitate holy experiments in our churches and communities. Okay. Okay. Well, what's, um, what's the first one you would say? Yeah. So I, are I they think, chronological? Does it matter? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I've kind of got an order to them, um, and maybe I'll okay. just go through the order, but I don't think they're necessarily as chronological as, uh, as we would hope for them to be, or as, you know, a lot of things in life, we'd love for them to be linear, right? Uh, but, right. Uh, you know, as it turns out, there are lots of squiggles and turns, and then hopefully there's a little <laughs> bit of, you know, growing clarity, and 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 then, you know, hopefully we kind of hone in on something. Uh, actually, right. I'll, I'll, I'll include this, I think, in, in the toolkit, uh, but there's this little, great little sketch that I saw recently, and it, it talks about kind of the process of designing um, any creative new solution, but I think it works well for a holy experiment. And the, the picture, if you can imagine it from the left side over to the right side of the picture, the left side starts with these kind of wild squiggles and, uh, and then it begins to sort of hone in and then you get to some point on the page and it begins to be a more or less kind of, kind of focused line as it goes on over toward the, the right side. And, and yeah. I think when we think about designing holy experiments, often that's what's going to happen. There's a, there's a sort of an action reflection action model. Uh, if, if, if folks okay, are yeah. familiar with that idea, you're going out mm -hmm. into the world, trying some things out, um, giving it our best shot, um, trying to, to, to notice what God is up to in the world and then kind of coming back for a minute talking it, talking it through, reflecting on it, um, learning from it, going back out there. Um, so I, th I think the context for holy experiments is sort of this action reflection action model. Um, but I do think there's, there's sort of a method to it. And, um, I'll just give you sort of the, the, the key words. Um, I I've got kind okay. of a list of action words that I would say kind of comprise this methodology. Uh, so you want me to just okay. start there? Yeah. Hit it. 
Yeah. So so here is just the string, and then we can dive down on on each of them. So um, notice, collaborate, seek, design, measure, risk, fail, adapt. So I know that was a big I list. I should have been writing as you were doing You want to go through it again? <laughs> I'll go through it again. Yeah, I'll try to write really quickly. There you go. So notice. notice. Collaborate, All right. seek, design, measure, risk, fail, adapt. Suddenly, I felt like I was back in seminary again in theology class. <laughs> that's like, right. <laughs> that's right. Write it down. Use use some abbre some shorthand abbreviations, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Right. Okay. Notice. All right. Let's notice. Yeah. We've talked about this before seeing in the seeing more clearly episode. Yeah, that's right. So I, I think this will echo yeah. some of that seeing more clearly. So we may not need to go very deep here, but um, I think holy experiments begin with looking around and, and noticing what's going on mm -hmm. in the world. Um, and as we do that, we maybe are inspired to engage with something we see happening in the world. So I think noticing is, okay. is really about paying attention and maybe paying attention to even unlikely places. Um, a lot of times I think the best opportunities for holy experiments are kind of at the margin, either the margin of our community uh, or maybe the margin of our, our church life. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's yeah. going on that's sort of right in the middle, the stuff that we've always been up to, the stuff that we know how to do really well, that we spend most of our time and energy on. And and maybe God is kind of over here on the edge, inviting us to to check out some new thing. And um, right there's okay. there's a line, and I've I've tried to track this down with no luck. But uh, a, a previous pastor and mentor of mine used to talk about um, you know while we're up here working the the fields, God's back on the lower forty plowing new ground. And uh, this idea of the lower 40, kind of the, the, the wild backyard of the church where, you know, God uh -huh. might be, you know, hacking away with a, with a machete trying to, trying to, to clear some, <laughs> some ground. Um, sometimes God's at work in places that we're not actively looking. And so starting out by noticing, paying attention, um, looking around, maybe, maybe toward unexpected places. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then collaborating. Yeah. So collaborating, I think. Is that right? Did yeah. That collaborating. Right? Okay. <laughs> uh, so with collaboration, you know, the, the thought here is that there are people around us. Uh, maybe these are folks who are inside our congregations. Uh, maybe these are folks who are outside our congregation in the community. But collaboration just means look for who your partners in this work might be. Who are the people who share yeah common goals with you as a congregation? Um, who are people who are maybe already getting a little inspiration from the spirit? Uh, I can think of folks who in the churches that I've been a part of, they've had a strong personal passion for something. And, and maybe it wasn't something that our church was actively doing. And so... Okay we were able to kind of say, hey, this is incredible that you see God working in this way in your life. We want to bless you to go and, and do that. 
you know, we're not going to, we're not going to try to strong arm you to be, you know, the seventh person on the flower committee this year. Uh, we're going to give you permission um, <laughs> to explore that thing that you sense God is up to. And, and then yeah. as you go and do that, come back and tell us about it. And let's raise that story up in front of the whole congregation. And maybe that's a way to, to, to sort of build momentum or to see a glimpse of something that God might be doing, even if it's not right at the center of what we felt called to, to do as a church. Yeah. And I think one of the things I've discovered in um, my pastoral life is that, you know, it's often outside of the board of directors or the session or the deacon body or whatever your leadership structure is, because they come together, they're focused on the business of the church. And so yeah. um, for uh, experimentation or even deep thinking, really, that often has to happen outside of those those structures. Yeah. And and sometimes I think collaboration doesn't have to be collaboration with another person, even. It could be collaboration with just some other voice. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I'll encourage the, the students that I'm teaching at Duke, uh, pastors that I'm working with, you know, don't just be reading theology or church leadership or biblical commentaries or whatever you have to read to sort of effectively do your job. Um, be actively reading something outside of those realms, maybe just something you're interested in or curious uh -huh. about. And it's surprising how, you know, the resonance with some completely different, uh, you know, part of the world can inform the things that we think about and do in our church ministry. Yeah. So I guess next on the list is seek. Yeah, seek. And uh, I think in, in, in this step or stage, you know, this is about asking good questions. Uh, so, you know, as we're noticing, as we're coming alongside some partners or people who share interests with us, um, asking good questions, you know, questions that will draw us deeper into uh, what we see out in the world or deeper into what God might be calling us to do and be. Um, so I, th okay. I think just the practice as congregational leaders of asking questions and that sort of forces us to listen, right? If we ask a good question uh -huh. and then we shut our mouths. And uh, so I think this step seeking is about asking good questions and then listening. Yeah. And that's like rule number one for coaches. Um, yeah. That's, that's what yeah. good coaches will do. We'll ask powerful questions. Right? Yeah, so that's right. Seeking well, is you all about to, asking questions. Yeah. And you, you sort of look to, uh, look to Jesus as a model for this, right? Uh, I don't remember yeah, the statistic right. right off, right off the top of my head, but Jesus asks some amazing number of questions during the course of his ministry. Often he'll answer a question with another question and um, so, right. you know, Jesus was a powerful question asker. And I, I think that was one of his ways of breaking open the world for people to see something from a different angle. And so maybe we right. can try to echo a little bit of that. Yeah, good. Okay, design. Yeah, so for for this part, for design, I would just point people back to the previous three episodes in this series. And uh, okay. in those episodes, we kind of line out some particular ways you might go about designing a strategic effort. 
in your congregation. And so uh, I, with design, I think this is really about you know, bringing the thoughts and the ideas down to the ground and just going out there and implementing. So, so with design, you know, to me, this is how quickly can we get the thing that we're feeling interested in or called to or curious about, how quickly can we get it on the ground and, and, and begin to get some feedback, get some more information just by prototyping or piloting or just getting out there and doing something. So I think with design, we've given some kind of specific examples in those last three episodes about ways you might design a holy experiment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And those, you know, I love those pragmatic sort of uh, tools that you offered in those episodes. So I'm going to be using some in the near future. Good. That's what we hope. I can't read my writing. So yeah. measure. 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 Yeah. So, you know, we, we've all heard the line, you know, the, the three B's that the church tends to measure, you know, buildings, bodies, and budgets, or somehow butts sometimes gets in there. I guess that's for bodies. Um, So (laughs) we tend to have things, uh, categories uh, that we have used to measure success in the congregational space. But those things may or may not be accurate measures of what we're hoping to accomplish as a congregation or what our aspirations might be. And our team member at Pinnacle, Doug Cushing, he talks a lot about how the metrics that a church uses ought to be as unique as their calling. And Hmm. I really love that idea that if we feel called to this very specific thing, um, you know, this is who God has created Chapel by the Sea to to be. And this is what God is calling Chapel by the Sea to do in this moment. Well, if that's true, then we ought to take the time to develop some metrics that will really measure that thing rather than just how much money is coming in, how many people are showing up, et cetera. There might be more specific, unique ways to measure the actual thing that you're hoping to accomplish. Yeah. And we have a whole podcast episode about this, which I guess is one of my favorite episodes that we've done around this idea. Yep. All right. Okay. So what's next? Uh, Risk. Risk. So the next two kind of go together. Risk and fail. Risk and fail. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So... You know, this is really where I think that the way our culture has conditioned us uh, begins to hold us back from holy experimenting. Hmm. Yeah, I think from as early as I can remember in elementary school, maybe it happens before that, but at least in elementary school, you start to get this notion that there's a right answer that you should write down on a piece of paper. And if you do, put that right answer on the piece of paper, your teacher will give you, you know, like a beautiful sticker uh, and uh, <laughs> and an A++. And, and right. so I think from an early age, we're conditioned that there is a right answer and there's a wrong answer. And we're conditioned to avoid failure and to seek out that right answer. And, and sometimes that can lead us to not take 
a risk or not step out in faith uh, or not have a mindset of it's okay to experiment knowing that some things are going to work and some things are not. Right. And some of us are, are more wired for risk than others, just personality types, right? Yeah, for sure. And probably some churches too. And, and um, you probably need yeah. people in your congregation. Mm-hmm. You probably need key leaders in your congregation that have different risk aversions. You know, uh, you, you need some of those yeah, people right. who are going to push the, the body to go further. And then you probably also need people who are going to anchor the, the, the body in some of the things that are familiar. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I have no idea what the next one is. I scribbled something that starts maybe with an F. <laughs> no, well, uh, so risk and fail. So those are probably the two oh, that fail. you, okay. yes, yeah, yeah. so risk and right. fail. And I think, you know, there are stories of, you know, and you, you hear this, I think a lot in kind of the tech world where failure is celebrated. It's almost like, Hey, get out there and fail fast and fail forward and, you know, act like failure doesn't hurt, <laughs> but failure, <laughs> right. failure can hurt. Right. And, it, and it can sort of, can sort of affect us in, in negative ways. It can also sort of push us forward. Um, and I, and I think to, to begin to think of failure as learning, you know, failure is the price you pay for learning. And so if we can get that sort of posture or mindset that God expects us to join in this big mission that God has in the world, and we can choose to take a stab at that, or we can choose to sort of huddle up and not take a stab at that. And so I think if we're going to have a posture of experimentation, you know, we're going to take some risks, we're going to get out of our comfort zone, and for sure, we are going to fail. And hopefully, right. we can learn through those failures and, um, and and sort of move ahead in better informed, more intentional ways, having learned something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We're coming down to the end of your, of your list here. Adapt. The end of the list. Adapt, Adapt or die. Yeah. So really adapt being kind of the final movement in this holy experiment process. Really what I'm thinking about here is when we do screw up the courage to get out there in the world and try some new thing because we sense God's spirit drawing us to it and we take the risk, we engage, maybe we fail, maybe we learn something Maybe it all comes off great. Um, adapt means that we bring that learning back to the organization, to the structure, uh, to the systems, to the way that we do things, and we make changes. So in this way, a holy experiment is a way for the organization and all of us within the organization to learn and grow. And so we get out there and we experiment and some things we discover, hey, God was right in the middle of that, and it met a real need in the world, and we felt energized by it. And so we're going to come back, and we're going to actually make some adjustments. Um, we're going to 
We're going to fund this project. We're going to give some resources to it. We're going to elevate the story. We're going to say no to some other thing because we want to say yes to this thing. And so I think the idea of adapting means whatever we learn from this excursion, this holy experiment, whatever we learn, we want to bring back and use that to help us refine the way that we live out our mission in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we, we have to do that. Um, and it's never, you know, it's not easy necessarily changes rarely easy. <laughs> I won't say yeah. never, but rarely easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we have to continually adapt and um, yeah. And the positive Notice, is that. See. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, I was going to say the, posi the <laughs> positive just... is that even if we don't, even if we would say we don't like change or that we're resistant to it, the truth is that we are all very adaptable. And the fact, and our organizations <laughs> are, and the churches, we would not exist. The church would not exist if it were not adaptable. So that's right. That's right. And I think, um, you know, just given this narrative of church decline, and we talk about that from time to time, um, it's going to take some real resourcefulness from church leaders over the next couple of decades, I think, um, as current models are going away, and we're going to have to find new models. Um, and some some of our churches will go away, and some of us will adapt and, and meet yeah. the need of the day. So That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so, you know, to me, that's hopeful. And I think the Church of Jesus Christ, you know, uh, remains throughout the generations, even when uh, the models change and, you know, structures go away. Yeah, there's a, a phrase that Marian Aldridge, who uh, used to be the coordinator for South Carolina Cooperative Baptists, he would say, we're building the airplane while we're flying it. And I think that's sort of the <laughs> yeah. essence of a holy experiment. And it might be the essence of where we are as churches, just in a time of rapid change and coming out of COVID and figuring out what mm -hmm. is the next thing that God has in store for us. We're, we're building the airplane while we're flying it. That's right. Well, David, what else would you say um, on this episode about methodology? Yeah, you know, I, I think... You know, we've gone through this list and um, I ordered it in a way that I think makes sense. But I think that as we live this out and as we just seek to be engaged in holy experiments in our context, I think it maybe the most important thing is our posture, you know, just our posture toward the church, our posture toward the world. Um, I almost imagine it like, um, you know, when you're learning to play basketball and they're teaching you, you know, get in a defensive stance and you're kind of up on your toes, you're leaning forward and, and, you know, lots of sports, you know, lots of activities have this way of sort of posturing your body. Um, or we even talk about it right. when you're watching a really good movie, or maybe when you're really into Rhonda Blevins' sermon on a Sunday morning and you're sitting on the edge of your seat. <laughs> And uh, so I think this this idea of what is our posture in the world. So so, yeah, it's great to sort of move through these steps. Um, but but I think we have to do it from a posture of leaning in and expecting that God is up to something in the world and that we have the opportunity to join in that. 
And, and so I think that posture, that lean in is, is really about how do we collectively as a church um, believe that God is up to something and trust that God will yeah. give us enough to take the next step. And I, I think that kind of posture just opens us up to, to really engage in these holy experiments and then learn from them and and grow and and become the church that God intends for us to be for this next movement. Yeah, and I love that it's hopeful, it's positive. Uh, to use a word we've used in this series before, it's playful even. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's, it's sure. almost, you know, yet being open to wonder, right? Yeah. What God will do. Yeah, that's great. That's well, great. thank you so much, David. Yeah, yeah. thanks for the thank opportunity. You for so much it's been fun. This content. Yeah. Well, uh, you can catch further episodes of this podcast and other things on our website at pinlead.com. That's P-I-N-N-L-E-A-D.com. And I would just encourage our listeners, you know, you you all are already up to a lot of this. Uh, you're already experimenting out there in the world. We'd love to hear from you if you are conducting some holy experiments. And uh, we just want to encourage you, get out there. We're all, uh, we're all learning what this new world is for us as Christians and as church leaders. So, um, so know that we're thinking of you and, uh, and we're hopeful about the future that all of us have as we seek to join God on mission in the world. Take care out there.